Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. I come from a background really not involving firearms at all. My family, when I was coming as a kid, my father didn't talk about guns. My mother didn't really talk about guns. We were active outdoors. We went hiking and camping, and that's probably the reason why I like hiking and camping now. But my background isn't necessarily firearms. It was more of just being active. The attraction to guns and firearms came at a later date. I was working in an office downtown Atlanta, and two of my coworkers came to me and they said, hey, Phil, we're going to the range this Saturday. This is a Monday, mind you. And uh, I said, nah, I'm not gonna do that. I'll just, I'll pass you guys. You know, I'm really not a gun guy. And they were like, Philip, you gotta come. You really gotta come. It was the first time I really felt empowered. Um, I felt like I was a combination of Rambo, Terminator, but in a positive way. I wasn't destructive. I just felt really energized as a human being because I was going through a human experience. And uh, for the first time I felt like, you know, this is, this is fun. This is a positive experience, it's healthy. You're getting out there, your chance to, to do something you've never really done before and learn a new skill with a tool that I've never really used before. And that experience really kind of turned, turned the light bulb on and really got me thinking about guns in a different way. I came away feeling really, really happy. And I said, you know what? I gotta do this again. Completely changed my narrative. That is, and we're gonna go straight to Philip Smith. Um, it's the first time I've heard that. I, I don't know if it, maybe I maybe we talked earlier some time ago. Philip Smith, welcome back to the Madison Show. How are you? Um, good, good. Thanks for having me again. Excited to talk. Presi- to you again. President and founder of the National African American Gun Association, um, and and we just you know just heard your clip. What is the and we have a lot of gun owners who listen to uh, the, the Madison show and they always weigh in when we talk about this. Wh- what is sure. the, the mission uh, of the National African American Gun Association? What is your mission? That's a great question. Our mission is very, very simplistic, but very focused. We want African Americans to learn how to shoot a gun, handle a gun, know how to purchase a gun based on their specific goals or our, our aspirations. We really focus on training and safety and more training and more safety for African-Americans. What is different than what the NRA says they do, and is there any comparison? Well, I, I think we are very, very different because not only do we teach our folks about firearms from a very basic level all the way up, we call them most, for the most part newbies. When you come through the door, when you've never really shot a gun or it's been so long that you have shot a gun, you've forgotten everything. So we take those newbies and take them from A to Z so that within six, seven months, eight, eight months, a year, they are very, very independent. They know how to handle the gun, and they can go to the range themselves and, and practice. What makes us different from any other organization out there is that we have a process called the NMOC new members orientation class and in that class we talk about not only guns but the history of the black history of arms when it comes to african americans we talk about buffalo soldiers we talk about the uh, harlem hellfighters we talk about um, harriet tubman nat turner the black panthers of self-defense we let them know that there's a history of african americans with firearms that is very positive that is very uplifting very patriotic and that you have a legacy that you are connected to both historically, but also culturally, which is probably just as important or more important for our community. No, you say very, very up, very uplifting. And Philip Smith is uh, with us. Um, 
and I and I can tell you there are probably thousands, if not millions, of folks listening who are probably in total agreement uh, with you. Um, and and let me say this: um, How has your organization grown? Now, when did you start it? I started in 2015, February 28th, in, in honor of Black History Month. Okay, and uh, and and how has it grown since that time? Oh my God, it's grown. The first year with, and bear in mind, Joe, this is with no advertising at any point in time. Oh, I'm, the first yeah, few years. I, I, yeah, go ahead. Without we went advertising, from eight thousand our yeah. first year up to about mm-hmm. we're about forty-three thousand folks right now nationwide. We have over one hundred chapters. We have regional directors. We have um, a huge amount of African American Black women that have joined and continue to join. And uh, it's just beautiful to see the organic growth of the organization in every state uh, in the union right now. Is, is how much of it, it deals with self-defense? Oh, we, with one thing we really focus when you come to uh, a National African American Gun Association uh, meeting or on the range, before you even touch the gun, we make sure that we go over basic safety rules, what you can and cannot do. You're just not going to walk in and grab a gun and start shooting. Safety is the number one, number two, number three focus of our organization before you can do anything with a firearm. We have a, a full-fledged official safety briefing every time you go out, and uh, we're just very, very careful and diligent uh, on all of our folks before we let them go out and shooting. Uh, on is, is, is self-defense a component? Self-defense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. There are a lot of folks that come through the door, particularly African-American women that come through the door and say, hey, Phil, hey, Naga, I'm a single professional black woman. I just want to be able to protect myself and my family. How can I do that? And we really take them from, as I said, from A to Z and show them how to handle a gun, uh, what steps they need to do to buy the right gun for them, because gun sizes vary depending on who you are, how strong you are, how weak you are, your gender, yeah. all that good stuff. So, yeah, so I, very, I, very I, you know, I, I remember uh, my daughters, uh, they, they're uh they went to a gun range, and one of the first things they said uh, to me, I didn't realize how heavy it was. You know, they, I mean, I, and I imagine you hear that a lot. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it depends. I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about 5'8", so I don't like a really large gun, like a forty five or a three fifty seven. I like a 9mm. And depending on your size, some women like 380s or a 9mm also. So it just depends on who you are and what you want and how strong you are or, or not. Yeah. What, what, what about the political aspect of it? And do you take a position or have a position uh, as, uh, on the Second Amendment? We're an official 501c4 uh, as of 2017. Uh, we do not take a political position because I'll be very honest with you, Joe, we're a very large Big Ten organization. We have black Democrats, black Republicans, independents, gay, straight, rich, poor, doctors, lawyers, teachers, military, law enforcement you name it, we have it. We even got folks that are grumpy. The one thing we can't do when I've decided to do is to be very, very neutral. If you want to talk about guns, sure, you can, you can have that conversation. But our official position is that we just want to teach black folks and, and, and our allies that are outside of our community to come in and teach them about firearms. That's the focus, and that's the sole focus of the organization. Now, I'd be lying to you if we said we did not have a position on the Second Amendment. That's the one area that we will speak out um, we have filed, I think, six amicus briefs to the United States Supreme Court with our very, very uh, talented um, uh, legal counsel, Nazita Davis. And we're just very, very um, proud of the fact that we can come in and have a whole list of things that we can offer you know, for our folks from a firearm standpoint. 
Uh, I, uh, let me, let me uh, ask you about this, this terrible case, Amir Locke, who, mm-hmm. by the way, was a legal gun owner. Um, I, I just let me get your let me get your reaction oh, to that uh, that story. I think it's it's very very painful uh, when you get the information on the details of, of the case. And I, I want to say this first and foremost for anyone sends me a thousand emails. We are pro law enforcement all the way. We have many many law enforcement officers that are African American in our group, a lot right. of military. So I don't want anyone to think we are not supporting them. But I will say I'm just not a big advocate of a no-knock warrant. I think it's too um, volatile. I think you end up having a kind of a cowboy mentality, running and banging somebody's door in the middle of the night. They're unarmed. and They're unaware of who you are coming through the door at night. And I think anyone, including myself, if I heard somebody banging at my door at 2 or whatever time in the morning yeah. and rushing in, yelling and screaming, the first thing I'm going to do is grab my gun. Yeah. It's just not a good situation. If you're after somebody – Surround the building. You have SWAT there. You have all the, the legal support, all the, the law enforcement support. Knock mm-hmm. on the door and make an announcement. Call that particular person. But there's just a lot of different avenues you can go, I think, um, before you start banging down the doors and shooting mm-hmm. innocent uh, folks that are, that are just trying to defend themselves. Um, and and do, do, so there, it, this, there is an issue of, of self-defense. Um, and and I have to admit, I have, you know, I have been with my family members, grandfather, father, all on guns, guns. Grandfather yeah. had a pistol and a shotgun, grew up mm-hmm. as a hunter, father, shotgun, um, always. And, and, you know, this is this is interesting. But and, and, and folks may I may get a thousand emails, uh, but. You know, black folk have always, uh, particularly those that lived in the South, guns always existed in our homes. It, it always existed. Um, do, do you talk about, when you relate to the history, do you, do, you, do you have classes or talk about how, they, how we were sometimes not allowed to have guns? Oh, absolutely. When we talk about the black codes, and what you're referring to is called the black codes uh, that were really prevalent in the and, South, yeah. especially they were, they were throughout the country, but especially in the South where it was really magnified, where African Americans right. were not allowed to have any type of weapon to protect themselves. In fact, in many cases, if you were a person seeing a, a black person with a gun or a weapon, you could shoot them and not have any you know, punitive action uh, mm-hmm. uh, made upon you. So it was just very, very dangerous for us to have uh, the ability to protect ourselves. In the South especially, uh, you see that being played out. But what has happened over the years is that there's been this socialization of African Americans. Unfortunately, that having a gun is a a negative connotation or a negative uh, stigma to you and and your social status. And we're really trying to fight that with positive images of African American men and women shooting with their families in a very positive, uplifting manner. It's a long fight, but we're certainly doing really, really well, and mm-hmm. we're averaging um, a, a lot of folks joining on a monthly basis right now. Yeah, and the other thing I, that keeps coming to mind as you're talking, uh, I, always, I always am very concerned how we conflate, and maybe not rightfully so, with the, uh, the criminalization of, uh, of, of selling guns in our community. How do you address that issue 
uh, when and people will say, well, you see all these guns in the black community. And I'm not talking about legal possessions of guns. Yeah. And then we've got this, uh, what is this now, This where you can literally design a gun on, well, ghost guns. Yeah, ghost guns. Yeah, yeah, your, yeah. Your, your organization's position on that. Yeah, well, we're obviously we're, we're against any type of illegal uh, manufacturer selling of firearms in any way, shape, or form. We're, you know, staunchly against that. Um, so we definitely are, are pro, uh, supportive of uh, of the law enforcement from that perspective. But I will say this regarding you know, the, the first part of your question. Yeah. When you look at a lot of our communities across the country, and I'll take three for an example very quickly: South Central. I'll take uh, also South Side of Chicago, and maybe let's say the Southwest Side of, of Atlanta. Those are areas in which they have a lot of gun violence. But you look at those areas, you see certain themes that are similar in each area. You have schools that are dysfunctional. You have ad- adversarial relationships with law enforcement at best. And the thing that's really hurtful, well, two things, a lot of those kids, by the time they're 22 and 23, they have two and three felonies on them. So what you have in, in the end result is you have a person that is really basically pushed outside of society. So they're unable to find a job. They're unable to apply for any type of work, and they have to survive. So do they sit back and starve? No. What they do is what anyone would do if they're trying to live. They're going to steal. They're going to sell drugs. They're going to do whatever it takes to take care of that family because they have kids at home. And, yes, they will utilize a gun. I think the bigger question or solution we should try to be formulating in society is what do we do for folks in areas like that across the country? It's very, very easy to demonize firearms. We can put a Band-Aid on the, on the disease of cancer when it comes to some of those issues, but we need to look deeper and figure out how we can help those brothers and sisters in those areas by, by providing good schools, better opportunities for, for economic growth, and really be able to integrate them into the mainframe of society. That's Do what you needs believe, to be done. I uh, got you. Now, let me, and let me tell everybody, uh, we're talking with uh, Philip Smith, who is the founder and president of the National African American Gun Association. And as he said, it was founded with the primary goal, mission to expose, educate uh, men and women to go out and, you know, for be trained properly. Do you, do you take a position on certain guns that shouldn't be sold? Rifles, no. you know, because we got that debate also... Uh, I I have a good friend who owns a well, you know, and I'm again I'm not a gun person, so they always criticize right. me if I get it wrong. Like, a, what is it, AK fifteen? You know, w- what they would call weapons that are used on the battlefield. Yeah. Now, if you're talking about a semi-automatic gun, semi-automatic or an automatic, and we're talking two distinctions. Well, I'm talking. A- uh, I, I, you know the argument that uh, you know. Yeah. They call them uh, yeah. the guns that are really for 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 war, for battlefield. Yeah, and I, I believe me, I get it, Joe. I understand the, the concern, but it's not the gun that's the, the issue. It's the person that handles the gun. Um, most guns that are out there right now, in fact, myself, I have an AK-47 and an AR-15. Both guns are law, lawfully purchased by me at home in, in a safe. Now, a, an AR-15 is an assault rifle, right? Correct? It's it, it, it is designed to look like uh, an assault rifle or a, a, a gun that the military uses, but it is a single action trigger. In other words, 
if you pull the trigger once, only one bullet's going to come out. The same thing with the hunting rifle. It is not a, uh, a gun where you pull the trigger and multiple bullets are going to come out. That's the misconception by a lot of folks that are out there that for some reason it's a machine gun, which it is not. It's just, you pull the gun, pull the trigger once, and one bullet will, will come out. All right, but, but what about weapons that are, in other words, why, here's my question. What do you say yeah. when someone might argue, why does anybody need an, uh, an assault rifle in their home? I, I, that's a very good question. I can answer it very directly. It's a very good weapon to protect your family. It has multiple bag, uh, the ability to hold multiple bullets in the, in the magazine capacity. It's very, very um, flexible in terms of being able to shoot close distance or far distance. It's a very solid machine in terms of a weapon that is uh, utilized for protection of your family. I use it to protect my family, and I feel very comfortable uh, with that particular weapon system. Now, are there some drawbacks to the gun? Yes, any Such gun as. has a, a possible drawback, but I think Such that as. comes to training and different. Say that again. What what's the drawback? I'm sorry. Again, I I asked well, I mean, advisor. Sure, sure. That's a good question. When I say drawback, I mean the, the gun itself is is should be used by someone who's well trained. It should not be used by someone like any weapon, any gun that you go out and purchase. You have to know what you're doing because it is a larger capacity um, gun, being able to hold thirty thirty bullets. Okay, and and so and and. And so it's there to protect your family. Um, Absolutely. And, and but then uh, per, this sounds like a stupid question, but protect them. If you've got it locked, protect them from what home invaders? Because uh, you you don't walk you don't walk around the street with it. I take it you keep it at home. Yes, I do personally, but I also, you know, when I go to the range, I you know, put it in my car, obviously, and take it to yeah, the range. Yeah, right, right. To answer your question about home protection, I think anyone, and this is a personal decision, you or myself or any of your listeners would have to make for themselves, right. what weapon system do they feel most comfortable with at home? For me, it's an AR or shotgun, and I always encourage folks who are really not yeah. going to the range <laughs> on a daily or monthly basis – Get a yeah. shotgun, shotgun because it really clears up a lot of the issues that you might have yeah, for not no. being a precision I, shooter. I'm, yeah, uh, I'm laughing, Philip, because my father <laughs> had his home broken, and and this he goes back had his home broken into, and they they stole. Oh, really? The, well, this is years ago, and they stole the the stereo and and that type of thing. And uh, yeah. my cousin and I went over to visit him. He lived in Flint, Michigan. And it, we we knocked on the door, and and came and he said, "Come in." And he was in the dark. He was sitting in the dark in his favorite <laughs> lounging chair with a shotgun across his lap. And I said, wow. "What's the deal?" Well, well, I said, "What's the deal?" And he said, "Well, you know, I, they didn't get everything, and they might they might they might come back." And and he said, "And and this is and I can always remember this." He said. And if they do, um, I don't. I may not have to shoot him. All I got to do is cock that shotgun, and anybody with any sense that hears that, they gonna get the hell out of there because that thing is gonna go off, and I don't have to aim. It's just boom. I always remember <laughs> remember that, and that's kind of what you're saying. <laughs> that uh, right, that, that shotgun. It's uh, it's it definitely makes people re- reconsider a lot of things when you uh, hear it, and especially <laughs> if you see and it. And I'm it's, not uh, trying to be. 
funny about it, but you know, it, I always remember him sitting in the dark. What the hell are you sitting up in the dark with a shotgun across your lap? Right. Um, exactly. Uh, um, let me give you the bottom, the bottom, the last, last word. Um, you have different chapters. If people, oh, I know what they is. There age in which uh, one should start. Uh, because when I was a, a, a Boy Scout, uh, that was my, uh, you know, we, 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 we did skeet shooting. Um, yeah. Is yeah. there is there a certain age? No, there's not a certain age, but we encourage any um, parents that have kids that are teenage uh, aged to come out and bring your kids with them. Because the one thing, if you have parents with your children, um they can they first of all they have permission to be there on the range and you obviously need permission before they can go out but it also teaches them um what a gun does and does not do and oftentimes when kids lose that curiosity um and they know what uh, a gun can do and how to shoot it it oftentimes really suffices that that takes away that curiosity that can oftentimes get them into trouble when they're not trained so we always encourage uh, parents to bring their kids out have them go through the whole range day with them shooting learning getting lessons um getting educated on um, all the type, types of firearms and what um, they can and cannot do. So that's very, very important. So um, that's something we're really trying to focus on in our organization with a good youth movement that we'll be working on this year. Okay. Uh, anybody, if they want additional information? Uh, sure, they, sure. Yeah, if you're interested in uh, joining yeah. uh, the National African Gun Association or just reading about us, go to www.naaga.co. That's .co. And read about the, about the organization. We are very, very wide and uh, deep across the country. We have many, multiple chapters. We have chapters led by women, chapters led by men. We have law enforcement, military. Um, we just have a huge influx of folks that are even outside our community that are joining, that are supporting us in our efforts. And that's, I think that's the secret in our sauce, that making us uh, very popular. And now, as we grow, because we have people folks outside, outside, everywhere that can outside. join. Oh, and when you, you mean uh, people outside our community, you mean non-African Americans are joining. Is that what you mean? Yes. That oh, is correct. Okay. All right. Um, hold on a second. I got to take, let me take one call because just came in Mark from Delaware as it relates to this topic. I know it's 22 after, uh, but Mark, go ahead. Uh, I just, well, now that, you know, I, I, before I let Philip go, you wanted to comment or I had a question. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, I, I was um, listening to you talking about the, um, you know, the assault rifles and, um, you know, home protection. And so um, I just wanted to comment in a little bit about that. Um, I, I kind of support your position about what you're saying. Like, what's the need for an assault rifle in your home? The, the, the thing is about an assault rifle, the round travels so far that if you, if, if the round doesn't stop inside of a person, the round could go anywhere in your neighborhood, depending on what type of, home you live in, you know, assault rifle, you know, really is impractical for home defense. So um, when, when you're talking about well, home Phil, defense, you're talking well, about... Well, Philip may disagree with you. Let me get his response. Go ahead, Philip. Hey, first of all, thank you, brother, for calling. I really appreciate your perspective. And I want to say this first and foremost. It's always good to have a discussion, even though you might disagree. I think as our community moves forward, we need to have these discussions. So having said that, Assault rifles are very, very proficient. Can they go through a person? Absolutely. That's why it's very, very important that when 
you have that gun. You're aware of your surroundings, where you're shooting at and not shooting at. Now, this rifle or AR that you're talking about is no uh, more powerful than some of the hunting rifles that are out there that also can go through somebody as well. So there's always a danger of that happening. But when someone's breaking in your house to kill and rape yourself, you and your wife and kids, I think the priority is protect your family first. I know that I have that mindset, and I think millions and millions of other Americans around the country have that. When someone's breaking in to hurt you and your family, I think you need to defend them first. And obviously, um, you have to be diligent on how you use the gun, but protection should be first and foremost, I think, uh, at all times. You want right, to go ahead, Mark. I'll let you re, 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 reply. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that protecting your home and your family is is, is a, a very important concern. It's just uh, the point that you're making, Joe, is the assault rifles that they have and they sell. A lot of people buy them for novelty reasons, and, and they and they say that hey, this is for home defense. However, um, being a military veteran. Um, and understanding how how assault rifles work, you know, and, and machine guns work and things like that, it's pretty easy to modify your your assault rifle yeah. so that it shoots multiple rounds. And that's I, I got I got all of that. I I hear yeah. you. I mean, I I hear you. Uh, and and again, my job today, my reason for bringing this up is is to is to have this discussion. Um, and, and, uh, uh, and, and again, I am not opposed to gun ownership. I, now what I do and where I agree with Philip Smith is you got it. I want people properly trained. Um, I, you know, I, I, that's the number one thing I, I, you know, I, I, I just, I just, you, you know, people, we, People are going to have guns in this country, and there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. But I hear you, I hear you, Mark. Let hold, let me take uh, real quick, Ted. Uh, go go ahead. You had a, a comment or a question, Ted. Yes, um, I'm a Army veteran, 23 years, retired military policeman. I'm also a qualified expert on everything small arms. I don't think when he mentioned that you can the, the trigger, you just pull it one time. It's not being generous with you guys when you say you can pull the trigger. The question is, how many times can you pull the trigger in a second? Also, a home weapon. The range of an M16A1 is 465 meters. How are you protecting your home at 465 meters? Okay. I mean, I've taken out ranges, targets at 800 meters with that weapon. Mm, yeah. All right. Let me take a couple more calls, and then I'm going to give Philip a chance to, you know, wrap up to this uh, point. Uh, David, New Jersey, go ahead. Your comment. Well, y- yes, sir, Joe. How are you this morning? I hope everybody's oh. well. Um, okay. You know, I, I have to tell you, Joe. I've been listening to you for many, many years, and you've always railed against those assault weapons. And now you're letting this guy off the hook, Joe. Look, excuse me. Excuse me. Stop. Stop. Listen, let me tell you something. You are a combat veteran. I'm a talk personality. I'm not taking a position one way or the other. I'm asking questions, and I'm making comments. 
Now, I don't tell you as a veteran what you do or don't do. Don't tell me how to do my show. Now, I, you know, you guys stop it. You're not, you're not in the position I'm in. Now, if you've got a question, you can ask it or you got a comment. Now, you okay, know, don't I'll do ask that. Yeah, yeah, but I'll you damn well. I'm, no, I'm not finished. Well, don't you ever, yeah, don't you, hey man, fuck you. Do you understand? Because I'm not going to sit up here and have you insult me when I'm trying, and I can say what I want to say. I can ask the question with, that I want to ask. Now, I hate to have to act up in front of a guest, but you can, you know, I'm not going to put up with this. I'm not going to put up with it. And nobody giving him a pass. Gee, I'm sorry, um, Philip. You know, Phillip, no, no problem. Go, no problem, old Joe. <laughs> go ahead, uh, Mark from California, first time caller. Good morning, Mr. Madison. Good morning. How are you? Uh, great pissed. show and great topic, first off. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. And that's why I had him website. on, to come on and talk about it. And, and sometimes you have to play the devil's advocate. Sometimes you have to take oh, yeah. a different tack. You know, go, just go ahead. And then I, I'm not paying. That's, you know, that's why he hung up. Go ahead. Yeah, first off, this is a great topic. I believe that uh, I'm currently not a gun owner now. Gun owner now. I'll get to that point in a second. But I believe all black families need to have at least one. You know, especially since um, my, uh, let me get to my point. My point is, I'm on his website, and I was interested in, in uh, a link I followed where he, he, his, his organization actually helps people get their records uh, cleared, where they can become gun owners. Now, my, my case, I've had my record expunged for over 25, 30 years, and I'm still confused. Do, can, I, can I actually go purchase a gun? I live in California, and I want to know what he thinks about that. Okay, okay Philip, go right ahead, Philip Smith. Sure, sure, and, and, great, and great question. Um, we have a, probably one of the best attorneys in the country, Nazita Davis, who handles our legal. Um, mm-hmm. He has recommended if you ha- if you if a person has a particular issue in their background check, be it a mm-hmm. felony they want to have removed or whatever the case may be, seek a, an attorney in your particular area and reach out to him or her and definitely sit down with them and get legal counsel. One of the things that okay. we've been able to do over the last seven years is to assist many, many African Americans and others. Uh, regarding getting their records expunged and having their Second Amendment's right restored. And I can tell you personally, that is one of the most rewarding things I've seen uh, in, in this position because now you take someone that initially the conversation is, hey, Phil, I can't protect my family. I can't protect myself. What do I do? Exactly. Once they get to an attorney, then they, be, they get, begin that process. And I will say this. It's not quick. It's not cheap, mm-hmm. but there's not a price that you can place on having the ability to protect your family and, and your loved ones. Yeah. So I, I would definitely yeah, I'm say, on the verge of uh, definitely asking for a pardon. Say that again? I'm on the verge of asking the governor for a pardon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, like I say, my record has been expungeable, but I'd say close to 28 years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. California's you're a very need, state, yeah, you're going to need to get a pardon, period. Yeah. And for the record, for that jackass that called in, I personally would not own uh, an, an, you know, an automatic AK, whatever it is. I, I, I just wouldn't. 
Um, and, uh, and I haven't changed my position on, on it. But, you know, they, they, these folks don't care. I mean, they just call because they want to bust your chops. So anyway, uh, think, we'll put the information on, and people are going on the website uh, as, it, as we speak. And I thank you for, uh, uh, for coming on. Uh, it is always a contentious di- discussion. So thank you for for coming on and answering questions. I appreciate it. Thank we'll you, Governor. I love it. You know, thank you very much. Okay, we will. You know, I just, I, I got to tell you, I'm not putting up with this crap. You know, I mean, people haven't done a, a, a talk show in their life, and then they're going to sit up here and tell me what I'm doing and, and not doing. You know, this, I'm not, I, I, I told y'all, don't don't play with me. And yeah, F you. And, I, and did we put a dollar, you know, in the, the swear jar? I mean, really. I'm not putting up with it. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.